As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Hawks Talk Podcast, brought to you by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. Mike Sai with Charlie Romeliotis and Slavko Bekovic. I am Pat Boyle. What's up, boys? How's it hey going? There. It's going well. A uh, couple weeks in the books here. It's kind of been a weird schedule for the Blackhawks, but uh, lo and behold, they, they've all gone to overtime. They're 3-0-2. Before we get into all the different topics, and there's a lot to dive into this week, uh, I'll just start with give me your biggest takeaway from the 3-0-2 start. Well, there are a lot of pros and cons, I would say, and I kind of laid them out last week where they could they could really be – 0-5, but they could also be 5-0. and So I think 3-0-2 is a, is a pretty good... Sounds a lot uh, like the Bears. Sounds a lot like the Bears. <laughs> but I will, I will say my, my biggest takeaway in a vacuum is the Blackhawks are 3-0-2 and Corey Crawford is expected to return on Thursday. And I think at the beginning of the year, you would have taken that all day long. So I think in, in, in that regard, it's an absolute positive. I'm but there you. are obviously a lot of holes to figure out. Yeah, uh, to me, the biggest takeaway is the, how good the top two lines have been. Uh, I think we expected... Kane to be Kane, and he has been Kane. But uh, Alex DeBrinket has carried over, you know, his goal-scoring touch from last season. And I mean, Jonathan Taves, the bounce back was what they needed, and they've gotten it from him so far. I'm, I'm not surprised that he's putting up the points that he is right now. But how fast he looks, how strong on the puck, um, he's making every decision the right decision. It's, it's been really fun to watch him play. Yeah, certainly the captain's been my biggest takeaway. Um, I, you know, all the things you mentioned, Slavko, I think we've all seen. I think it's been a nice pairing with the Brinkett. And I, I also think, uh, you know, Cahoon has fit in fine. It, the points don't show that, but uh, I, I think he's been a good complement to that group. Alex, is, it, you know, you thought last year was just a, a great rookie campaign, and we've seen some good rookie campaigns, you know, in this town with Panarin and, and Kane. But what we saw from Alex, that point production on the third line, and now in a top six role, and you, and you see how much they think of him moving to the power play, and we'll get more into that situation <laughs> coming up. Power kill. But putting him at the, uh, the top of that slot because of his quick release, because of the accurate uh, shot that he has – you know, just speaks volumes. And, and he's kind of in that Kane mold, too, where he just wants to get better and better. And, and, and that's, I think, something that you can see the work he put into is, is also part of the reason why he got off to this great start here. Yeah, the, the crazy thing about his, his production is, so last year he had like two goals in, thir- in the first 13 games, and he still finished with 28, which led the team. Like, he's on a pace right now. Obviously, it, it's pretty unsustainable to have 82 goals over an 82-game season. But he is – Don't tell that to Austin Matthews. He, yeah, right. I mean, he might Finally go didn't score last night. But that's about <laughs> boy, the only thing he boy. is. He did have a multi-point game. Yeah. Right? Um, the, the crazy thing with him is, like, he's already on a pace where he's shattering 
like last year he didn't score his his sixth goal until the 18th game. Like he's already at six goals through five. So like it's crazy thing. Like he could flirt with 40. Like I didn't. I think he would have a hard time. I think we had an over under prediction earlier in the season. I think I said he would get under 28 just because I thought it was so. Like Sidney Crosby had 29 last year. It's hard to score 30 in sure. the NHL. Like he might get 40. Like on this pace. Oh, no Man up the power play. <laughs> if he starts getting something on the power play, like he's doing all this at even strength. So let's get to the topic of the week, and that would be Brandon Saad, first of all. Uh, demoted to the fourth line the other night, and then we go to practice yesterday. He's in a white jersey, which usually signals he's going to be a scratch for Thursday night's contest. He made the mistake in the, what, St. Louis overtime game where didn't he, tur- he turned over the puck behind the net and didn't get back. Um, yeah. Was that the St. Louis game? Jeez, they're all these they're, overtimes they are, are blending, blending together. together. <laughs> um, but the home St. Louis overtime game, he didn't even see the ice. Right. Yeah, he didn't see the ice. Uh, I can't remember. So I, I didn't watch this, that St. Louis game because I had a wedding, but I'm, it, it kind of makes sense as to why he didn't get a lot of overtime. Yeah, he, the so motion too. a couple things about Brandon. You talked about streaky guys. He got off to a great start last year, and then he had like 12 goals in, you know, 70 games or six something. Six in his first six, I think, and then yeah, 70, 12, in uh, the, 12 in the next 72. Yeah, six, yeah. Six. so, and, and, you know, there was someone tweeted out the, the I think it was uh, the, the, uh, Dietz sent out the um, stat line over the last 82 games, Panarin's production Ugh. and Brandon Sod's, and obviously it is hev- heavily in the bread man's favor. That said, um, you know, the, why is there the decline in his play? You know, there's, there are theories out there that, well, he got paid and now he's a different player. Um, the numbers kind of correlate to that, too. You know, paid three years ago. Production has been in a decline since. Brought him back here to reinvigorate Taves. That didn't work out. Taves with other guys. Taves is working out fine. Saad doesn't seem to be ultra-motivated. And we, when we spoke to him yesterday, he seemed perturbed for the first time, which I think that's a, at least a good sign because – the demotion of the fourth line didn't seem like it really ruffled him too much. Being a healthy scratch pissed him off. Yeah. And uh, now we'll see if he fights to get back in the lineup. Uh, your thoughts on just what you've seen the decline and what you think the the healthy scratch may do to him? Yeah, it's this one. It's so hard to read because, like Brandon Saad was crushed when he got traded to Columbus. Like it. He wanted it, to stay. He wanted yeah. to stay badly in Chicago. And, and he well, was, there's a lot to that. We've discussed it on previous podcasts. But some of that, from my understanding, was his father's involvement in the negotiating process. Okay. Well, for whatever reason, yeah. he, it forced him into a trade. You would think cause that first season in Columbus was a disaster. Like, they lost their first 10 games. Like, he was frustrated. He got, but he scored 31 goals. He scored 31 goals. So, for him, it was great. And this is why it's confusing why he can't get his offensive production going. Is because Torts really didn't believe in Saad from the beginning. Like, he was demoted to the fourth line. And then you saw this. Uh, John Tortorella came out and said, like, he's like, oh, like, I, ha- I mishandled the situation with Sodder. And saying, you know, like, I put him on a fourth line. Or, there were times where he would go like three, four minutes without skating after a penalty kill or whatever, and he was like, I completely mishandled that situation. So you would think that, and still, he scored 31 goals. Right. 
And you would think that him coming back to Chicago would light a fire under, you know, hey, you got a second chance here to play in a, on a top line role, to be one of the guys. And obviously, we, we all know what the analytics said last year, where we saw there might be a correction coming here. But like he, we heard it from Joel Quinville yesterday. I, I asked him specifically, do you think his mindset is in the right place? And he said, urgency, passion, when that's kind of where passion, we're at. that stood out to me. That's no it. Doubt. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's there. And, and I think the Blackhawks are getting frustrated over it because he's not going into those dirty areas. And I also wrote earlier in the season that the, the Kane-Schmaltz-Sod line could be one of the most dangerous if Sod goes to those hard areas right. and works at that nut front. And he hasn't done that. It, so it, it just looks like it, it's been a disaster from the start the, this season. The bizarre thing to me was the way it was handled. And it's not necessarily – I think it was intentional by the Blackhawks. He shows up to morning skate at practice, and he's got a white uh, sweater in his, in his stall. They didn't talk to him about it. Q said they spoke before the game on right. Saturday. Right. I asked him directly, right. have you spoke to him? He said, I talked to him. Before the last game when he was demoted yeah. the fourth and line. And then he said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk again. But that was obviously after practice. They hadn't spoken yet. And Saad was definitely, you could, you, like you said, perturbed yeah. that it wasn't addressed. He wants to know what's going wrong. And when Q doesn't really say much except for you know, getting to those tough puck areas, when it's all about passion and desire and stuff like that, I think it's more of a – I don't know if Q just likes his personality. And I hate to make the correlation again to the Bears, but – there's a little bit of that kind of Jay color. I just don't really care, you know, about how the team's doing and winning. Or I don't know if it's. I don't think anyone would say he doesn't work hard, but well, something just seems to me like he's a little bit more reserved and laid back. And and I don't know if that flies with Q. Well, his personality is definitely laid. Yeah, absolutely. No yeah. question about it. I mean, Charlie and I, we go in there, and it's. And I said to you yesterday while we were watching practice, I go, the way you talk to him is kind of the way he plays. <laughs> and it's it's not like overly intense. Yeah. It's very laid back. It's somewhat passive. And those are all words that you do not want to use for a forward that you want to play north south style. And make six million plus. Yeah, and that and that's the other factor right. too. Like and it's this almost is like why. he's playing like he's an untouchable because of that contract and making business decisions out there. Like, I mean, we watch it even in the preseason when he was demoted. I'm like, well, let, let's see how he plays, especially in these games where half the guys on the other team are guys that are going to be in the AHL. Right. Like, if you kick it into gear, you can make a statement. You know what I mean? And I, I don't see that burst. I don't see that intensity. It is so, like, I, I won't even say it's inconsistent. I mean, it's, it's like it's missing. And we're getting to the point now where, you know, they don't have Vinny Hinnestros in the – you know, the, the, the guys that you would have thought, like, would have stepped into top six roles. I mean, they're counting on guys that, you know, Cahoon and Fortan who, you know, they don't have extensive resumes and they're getting these unbelievable opportunities because a guy like Brandon Saad doesn't seem to care that he's playing with one of the best players in the world in Patrick Kane. Right, and another thing that was really weird about this situation was on Saturday – the, the Blackhawks held an optional morning skate before their game against St. Louis, and three people didn't show up. And it was Duncan Keith, who's logged. And it's understandable. understandable. That's a, a million minutes. Plan, yes, a million minutes. 14-year veteran Cam Ward and Brandon Saad. And that was the, day, that was the game he was being demoted to the fourth line. That, that's a, I didn't even think about like, that. That's, yeah. that's, like, that's concerning me. Like, I, he has every right to take the optional if you – like. I, 
I don't I don't fault anyone for taking the op show because it's a long it's a grueling season. Or if but there's like, a reason, if there's a nagging something that right. you need treatment or sure. it's just not smart for you to be okay, fine. Or if there's a but like the way you lay that out and the more I think about the the Q conversation uh, yesterday. If you put on a timeline, it's it's very questionable. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, I assume he's going to be up in the press box on Thursday. This doesn't happen very often with established veterans. It happened to Seabrook yep. only that one time. Um, we will see what this does. Does this light the fire? Or the guy I we talked to yesterday, Charlie, and I don't want to try to overstate it, but it seemed almost like this isn't going to work. That, that, that's just the take I got. Like, he is not happy with the way Joel has handled it. He feels he's, he doesn't deserve to be in the doghouse, which that, that's the part I don't understand. Dude, watch your play. Have somebody, you know, who you trust really truly evaluate your play. There is plenty of reason why you are not in a top six role. Don't you feel like there was a disconnect, though, the way he was answering questions at practice on Monday and with, with obviously what he's done on the ice in the five games so far? He was just he basically said, you know, tell me what I'm doing wrong. If you can't pick up on it on yourself when you're not producing. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, too. Yeah, that, well, it was a little weird for him well, to say that. When I asked Hugh, did you talk to him, I assume in that conversation prior to the last game, hey, this is the reason why, Brandon, you're not up here. This is what we like to see. I mean, I don't think you need to say it every day. And if he didn't see it in that game, which obviously Q didn't, and I don't know if the not showing up for the optional skate had anything to do with it, if he didn't see it in that game, the next step is the white jersey, and they'll have a conversation. They didn't practice on Tuesday. They'll be back on the ice on Wednesday. He left the door open that he could possibly – earn his way back into the lineup Wednesday. But, you know, time will tell. This is yeah. the first kind of, um, oh, I would say, public tiff that we know the, that that's going on in, right. within the team. And I will say this. It was very important for Jonathan Taves, too, to, to come out and say yesterday that this is a – I wrote about this when Saad got demoted to the fourth line, and Taves kind of reaffirmed it saying this is important for all of us. It's not just a message for Brandon. Right. It's a message to the entire team because if Brandon can get his ice time taken away, then I can too, or other people can. So it's, it's a good reminder, especially for the young guys too, because Luke, Jan- Luke Johnson sat out of the lineup the other night. It's like, well, if he can't crack the lineup and Brandon Saad may not be deserving of ice time, like that's, that's another reason why I think, you know, I think Brandon might be sitting in the press box on Thursdays because I'm not going to sit Luke Johnson because he hasn't done it. You know, he's, yeah. or he's John been Hayden. rewarded. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that's another guy we always say, like, that guy deserves ice time. Works right. his butt off. Yeah. So let's move on. We a lot of time there on Saad. Let's move to Corey Crawford. Looking like Thursday could be the return. If not Thursday, you would assume Saturday or Sunday with the back-to-back games. Uh, I'll, I'll start w- with you, Charlie. Do you think he's, he's ready to go? You know, we've only seen him in practice. He's not going to, you know, get a, a, a tune-up, so to speak. So you're, you're, do you think he's ready? Yeah, I, I think he is. Uh, he, he was uh, at practice the other day, uh, yesterday. Uh, he, I mean, he, he looked really good at practice, and it looked like Cam Ward and Forsberg were rotating. In this, so it looks like they're kind of going to amp up um, Crawford's, I don't know, his practice. Obviously, they didn't practice today, but it looks like they're going to give him more of a workload, get his condition, make sure he's... The conditioning, he's, I think, is what, what's key right now. Yeah, I, I think his conditioning is good. 
I, I honestly think it's just like it's just tracking pucks. You know, it's just making sure he's he can get the deflections. They brought those mannequins in for, to help with screens and things like that. But I think I think he I think he looks ready to go. Uh, my main question is just what what's going to happen with Anton Forsberg. And I just wrote about it before we came on here. And and we've kind of speculated, uh, Pat. You and I have speculated maybe they could carry three goaltenders until they make sure that Corey Crawford is ready to go. But then we asked Joel yeah, yesterday, yeah, and it doesn't sound like that's what pretty they, much they want no. to do. Here's my take on it, Slavko, and get your thoughts on it. I mean, Corey's still an unknown, right. okay? That's the way I look at you it. You know, and, and I we need to see him take, you know, a puck to the helmet. We need to see him get well, run. We hope he doesn't. No, but, but I yeah. mean, like, let's yeah, be honest, it's going to happen. Right. It's, right. It's, it's, that's the nature of the business. Or he gets bumped into or right. whatever. And I think... You know, when he passes and you check off all those things and you say, okay, he's back, then I feel comfortable with moving Anton possibly through waivers or, as I suggested to Charlie, you know, if you think you're set and, and, and Crow is, is good to go and Cam has proven that he is a reliable backup, he's, you know, he has not been stellar, let's be honest, these first five, but he hasn't let let in the egregious softies left. He's and gotten right. better. He's gotten better. Yeah. Uh, you can't win games 0-5-4 every night. But that said, um, you, you know maybe you deal him. Maybe you work him because they like Delia. Yeah. Down in the minors and uh, Kevin Lankin too. He came from the, from Finland and they they don't want to take away starts from either of those yeah. two. So I think. Even if the Hawks do send him through waivers, like if he doesn't get claimed, they're in another situation down in Rockford. Because right. it's not like, oh, Hugh, he, he, we still got him. It, it's more like, okay, well, now you're. What, what does that send to Colin Delia saying, hey, Colin, I know you had a really good, good playoff run last year and your training camp was strong, but uh, by the way, your minutes are going to get cut back because we, we don't have anywhere to put fours. You know, so trading him is the ideal well, route. Well, still, so, you know, you made the point yesterday when we were talking about it. If anybody claims Anton, he needs to stay on their roster. So he, he yes. has to move into a backup role at minimum. Right. Yeah, so he has to stay on the NHL roster for, for 10 games or 30 days. And then if he's still, whatever, after that, he, he's eligible to go through the waiver process again. But, you know, they can't just, no team can just stash it, can claim him and then stash it in the AHL. Like, he needs to be a backup Somewhere, whoever, whichever team. Kind of like Rule them. Five in baseball, you, yeah. you have to be on the active roster. Yeah. So if there is interest in there, you know, you're Stan, and you find out that Team A and Team B are the 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 two teams that that would be willing to put in a a you know waiver claim. Uh, maybe at, at, at that point you say, all right, well, in, instead of going through that, let's work out a deal. Now again, you're not going to get much, but it, maybe maybe there's something to package. With a oh I don't know disgruntled forward who's making a lot of money. The uh, problem is with said disgruntled forward and backup goalie, those are the two guys you got for Panarin. So if yeah. you flip that for something that's less ya. than ideal, man, that does not look but, good. But but if it's what you do with no, I'm I'm with you, dude. I, I'm with you. That's tough. but it also frees you up space to go get mistake. Here's the other thing. And again, I, I know we, we jump all over the place, but <laughs> Theo and Jed are not afraid to admit they make mistakes. Yeah. And we would all agree that they are looked at as Theo as one of the greatest executives in all professional sports. He makes mistakes quite often. He's on to his sixth hitter, hitting coach in eight seasons. That, that's an indictment on, on some of the decisions they make. You know what? Yes. 
it would be it would be tough for Stan to say I've dealt the pieces that I went and acquired. But if there is a rationale, don't completely judge it on what look at now what we're going to do with that money. Right. Or I mean, if they get a top four defenseman back, and because they lack a top four defenseman, yeah. Yoki Haru right now is the second best D man <laughs> on the team. Who would have thought we'd be begging for Connor Murphy? And I'm almost yeah. wishing we made a hell out of Boquist a little bit longer <laughs> when I see how well Yoki Haru's been playing. But I, I know what you're saying. I get it. It, it would be it it's would a tough be an sell indictment. To the fans, yeah. it, it's a tough sell. But let, let right now. Does is there one fan out there that thinks they won that deal? No. Sure. Well, I I don't even know if I would I would trade. His value couldn't be any worse right now. No, any lower. But it right. isn't. Here's the thing. He's still it's important. The contract. He's still important down yeah. the line. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they didn't trade Panarin for Saad because they wanted these two years of like. There was a long term. They wanted the third and fourth years. On I mean, we thought it was going to be under cost control. Now it maybe looks like a hard contract to swallow, but I still think there's value there in those two years where, I, I don't think know. the thought process was this is the guy that's going to replace Hosa for the next five, right. six seasons. And I this saw, is going to get Jonathan going. Right. Yeah, I saw somebody Somebody was asking on Twitter, was saying, like, how much do you think Hosa rubbed off on Saad? Like, how much of that was... I think was, he rubbed off on a lot of guys. I agree, but, how, like, you can't... Now, I'm not accusing Brandon of not, like, enjoying hockey or whatever, but, like, you can't, like, instill passion into someone yeah. you know what I mean right. like you so are who I, you are you are who you are if, if you like Patrick Kane is out there every morning skate like he's he's taking like he loves the game of hockey he's a student of the game you know what I mean like you can't teach that and, and again Brandon Saad was not down in Florida Brandon Saad did he take part in the four on four I don't remember I, th- I thought he did go to one of those did you do one of the, uh, if he did he did one um he got married this offseason congratulations on that but I'm just saying, like, we can we can name the guys and what they did this off season, and some of the extra work they did. I don't know if we can we can go through the list of things that Saad did. Right. Yeah. And I know I know all the players are, you know, like Taves and Kane said Saad had a great off season and he he worked out really. You know, so like I'll you know I'll take their word yeah. for it. I guess. So we look know. at the guys that you know kind of took it personally that they missed the playoffs last year. They've come back this year and they've played their butts off. You can't really say that for Saad. Mm-hmm. All right, let's Let, move to uh, the. Can blue. we circle back quickly to Crawford because yeah. oh, I yeah. think the Is main we question <laughs> we don't know what we're gonna get out of him when he does return, and I think. The, the number one question is, okay, who is Corey Crawford today? Because he's not going to be Corey Crawford from two years ago where he was a Vezina candidate before he got hurt. Or previous to, yeah. La, yeah. Sure. But number two, when he comes back onto the ice, what does this Blackhawks team play like in front of him? Because you know the opposition's going to go hard. They're going to crash the net. They're going to try to put as many pucks on him as, as possible. Now, do you get into penalty trouble if you're you know defending your goaltender? Or maybe this is a spark for the for the blue liners. Maybe this is like, hey, we've really got to play our tails off in front of them to make sure we don't give up 40 shots in a game. Well, they've been giving up those shots, right. unfortunately, already. And those are high-quality shots, they, yeah, too. There have been re- some really nights where you're like, wow. Like, to me, that defense is one step forward, one or two steps back. Like, you'd be like, oh, Gustafson, nice play, nice play. Oh, my goodness. That's a costly the turnover. The turnovers in the defensive zone have it, it, been – so bad. And that was an issue last year. Yeah. And, and you know, 
it hasn't gotten a ton better this year. There have been some like just you know where you got to say get the puck out of the zone and they're turning it over, putting it on the other team's tape, and you're like, you know, that is not sustainable to success doing that. So, you know, that's why I'd be willing to to part ways, even though Brandon is you need know, to be selling low. You need to, to, to fortify that defense. Right now, right. it's still a bunch of fives and sixes, with the exception being Duncan and Yoki Haru. Yeah. And who would have said that for a 19-year-old? Right. That he's your – he's you know, okay, you understand he's on the top pairing because you're pairing him with your best guy. It's a great way to learn. But he's actually been really solid in his own zone, and he's obviously created on offense too, but we knew that coming into it. So, I mean, Yoki Haru has been, he to me, one of the biggest surprises – just there's a confidence in his play. The other thing I look at, too, is how when we talk to Duncan, how he responds. And there's, like, the canned answer from a veteran playing with a rookie, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I've known him, blah, 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 blah. And you're just kind of like, okay, he's giving you lip service. And then there's, like, engaged veteran going, yeah, this kid is, uh, you know, he's, he's got something there. He can – exit the zone and he's fast and and he's got a quick release and oh let's put him on the top power play unit and that's a lot to I mean they're giving this guy more and more opportunity and we're only two weeks into this season so uh, he has been better than advertised I I think the biggest surprise for me when it comes to Henry is we've always known that he's he's a confident player on the ice that we saw it in training camp but the confidence that Joel Quinville has yes. in him is surprising to yeah. me in a, in a very pleasant way. Like, Henry is he's, – he's one of the league leaders in ice time among defensemen in the NHL right now. Like, that, that's crazy to me. Like, if we said that when we were doing our podcast over the summer, we were going to be like, <laughs> Henry's going to be one of their best defensemen. He's going to lead the league in ice. On Duncan the- Keith night, <laughs> he had more ice time than Duncan <laughs> that's Keith. Right. That's right. Like, that's amazing. Like, we, we, our conversations would have shifted saying the Blackhawks are probably going to be a playoff team because that's exactly how we envision. Uh, that's how we thought or we, uh, I'd say, like, we hoped Henry would turn into, and then he has. So I don't think there's any reason to doubt that he can't sustain this over, over an 80 over the course of an 82 game season, especially playing those those uh, heavy minutes and getting power ice, uh, you know, power play ice time and things like that, but he's been a, a very pleasant surprise, and it's just it's great to see everyone else instilling that confidence in him around him, like teammates and coaches. Q doesn't like young defensemen, so to hear him talk with such like high he praise, over. yeah, <laughs> when when we when they put him on the power play and the top unit, and Q was asked. Well, you guys keep giving this guy responsibility. He's on the top pairing. Now he's on your top power play unit. He's got more ice time. You keep giving him stuff. It's because he's been handling it so well. And right. I think Q was almost like he didn't want to say it, but he was so happy that he's got a good young D-man. And, and I'm with you on that, and I think you're probably alluding a lot to the Nick Letty times and whatnot. But I think also desperate times call for desperate yeah. measures. He looks at what he has. And, you know, Connor Murphy's – uh, injury, you know, that he'd be starting right now, Connor Murphy somewhere. So it, it really worked out in Yoki Haru's favor to have one of the so-called starters not be able to go for an extended period of time, to have Forsling still coming back. Uh, that didn't have him in the mix. And as we look at Gustafson, Seabrook, Manning, Ruta, you know, we can. What about Davidson? What does he have to do to I, get in I the know. lineup? Are we going to see him soon? 
I get, well, we got to see him at some point here in the next three games. They yeah. played three and four. Yeah, I asked Joel right before they went on this long, or I think it was Saturday during the Blues game. I was like, are you going to try to get Davidson in here? Because you got an, another four or five-day layoff here. And they went back to Jan Ruda, which, you know, I guess it's fine. They don't want to tweak with what's, you know, What's don't working. say working. Well, don't <laughs> don't say, say working. working. Well, they, yeah. they haven't lost in regulation, but they also haven't won in regulation. So, yeah, it would be nice to see Davidson get in there. Like, I don't know what else. It's really not about what he's not doing. Like, it's just like, all right, well, we got to take someone out that we don't want to. Get all of your Blackhawks news in the palm of your hand with the My Teams app by NBC Sports. The best place to stream the games, watch highlights, read articles, and more. Download the My Teams app today. All right, we got to move on here because there's other topics. Power play. <laughs> oh, um, do we no. have to? Wow. <laughs> How much time do we have? Wow. We'd spend a lot of time on this podcast. I, I wish they spent as much time on the power play <laughs> as we've spent uh, talking about it on the podcast. 28th last year, 23rd to start. They've only cashed in, what, two out of 15 times, 11% or two out of 18 times, whatever it is. Um, it has not looked good. I, I, I do like the 1-3-1. One, I, I still don't think they have the hor- – like, they want to be the Capitals' power play, but, like, they – other than Kane – You've got to have the guys. You don't have the yeah. guys. You know what I mean? You don't have Kuznetsov. You don't, you, don't, you don't have OV on the left circle. They're, you know, Schmaltz is there, or Debrinket's there, and God love those guys, but, like, there's only one OV. So they're trying. I kind of like the tweak they did. I like Yoki Haru at the point. It's a lot to ask him to carry that puck up the ice and make the right decision on the entry, which is a whole other issue that they need to address. Um, but let me ask you this. Do you see it getting better? And I, by, by better, I just mean top 15. Like, I'd be happy now. How could it not? Right? I, I mean, they, they can't even gain the zone. I, do, do, do you think they have the horse? I don't know if they have the horses. Well, if you've got a two-minute power play and your top unit's out there for 90 seconds of it, you should be able to generate chances at the very least. I, I saw, and you guys can attest to this since you're at practice almost every day, do they not practice entries ever? It yeah, seems like every time Not as much pra- as they should. Right. They, they, well, because they do one they, they do one entry, drop back pass. Right. And... But, you know, most teams, to their credit, do only well, – they don't only use that one, but they do use that one. Yeah, they have a go-to. Um, I do feel like teams are scheming against it. Some teams you'll see uh, keep a, a four-checker around center ice that's anticipating that drop pass, which seems to get it off to, to a rough start. And, you know, and the theory is the drop back goes to either the right or the left side – that player, whether it's Kane or Schmaltz, carries it and then goes cross ice or enters with speed. I mean, it's, it's a pretty basic premise, but they have not been able to master it at all the last two years. It, it, literally, it literally doesn't make sense to me because they're, they're one of the best five-on-five teams. Like, they scored all of their, their first three games, they, or first four or whatever, they scored 15 goals. All of them were at five-on-five. Like, how, it doesn't make sense that their power play isn't clicking. I don't know, I don't know if it's going to get better. I, I, I will say I'll predict that they'll have a spurt here where they'll go maybe like 4 for 15 and we'll be starting to feel good about it. And, that, and then they'll just kind of revert to being average. Like, I think it's just going to be inconsistent. I think you will get those stretches where they might have a long drought and then they might have, you know, a hot streak. It's just you're not going to get that consistency, which is surprising because – 
Taves, Kane, Debrinket, they're all among the league leading goals right now, but they can't get it when they have a man advantage. Like, it, I don't know. It, it I think it speaks – look, you need to have good one-timers if you work that 1-3-1. And even, like, Kane's got a good one-timer. He's got a good wrist shot as well. But of the remaining group, Debrinket probably has the next best. And now they're finding him to have a greater value at the top of the slot because of his his shot. Imagine where Panarin would be in this setup right now. Yeah. That's that's the guy. And the last time the Hawks had a good power play was when Kane and Panarin were tearing it up. Yep. I think the Hawks are scared of taking that first shot and then not getting the rebound. Like, that's why they're scared to shoot, I feel like. Because last year, they would – they would wait for the pretty play, and then they would take that one shot, and the defenseman who at forward down low would grab it, and they would just clear it. You know, like yeah. they they have to do a better job of of making. Well, obviously, net front presence is obviously crucial, but like making sure they're collapsing and getting those rebounds so they can cycle it up again, like start it up. Well, that know. was the, the the goal the other night. Yeah, I mean, Taves yeah. caused havoc in the crease. Puck laid there. Patrick picked it up, and he like w- instead of walking the blue line, he walked the slot. And there was traffic everywhere. He finally found the little corner that wasn't and put it up there. Um, you're right. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, Taves is, you ask a lot of a, of a Hall of Famer. I mean, he, he is, he, you know, he's up, he's in the firing lane. But a lot of times they have him down on the goal line, too, um, for the jam play or to, to work a pass down low over there. So it's, it's got to be um, – it would be nice to have somebody else. But now, but look at you all. You have small bodies out there. Let, let's be honest. Small, small. Debrinket, small. Uh, you know, it's not – you can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're all – They're not big yeah. guys. So, uh, you know, unless they make a philosophical change to put, like, Taves at the top of the slot, Anisimov in the paint, and then move Debrinket to, to the uh, – to the left circle yeah. and take Schmaltz off. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of the philosophical changes. Like it really all comes down to like execution, just, just execution, just wanting it. Like the Washington Capitals and Pittsburgh Penguins, they go on the power play. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they know they're going to score. Right. The yeah. Blackhawks are like, well, let's not waste these let's two see minutes. What happens. Yeah. You know, like you got to have kill, that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like you got to have that attitude of like, all right, like like back in the old days, like the Hawks would go on the power play and it's like, one zero. Like it, Hawks are scoring. You it know, seems like that confidence. You, they have that same old thing where it's if their first century is unsuccessful, it's like, oh, here we go again. Right. And then they get trapped in the neutral zone. They dump it from the blue line. You got three guys standing flat footed, flat footed at the blue line. Then you're already playing from behind. It, it's just been a mess. Even the get the puck on net. The the Anisimov power play goal on Saturday against the Blues was the last second entry. I can't remember who the D man was that shot it in off the pads and rebound goal. That's it. Yeah. They had it was two on four, they were outnumbered. Just get the puck on net. Try to get to which those is rebounds. funny because that was a great play, but it was literally as the power play expired. Exactly, so it, it was count. just yeah, it, it was, was Saad. La- it was Saad who shot. Yeah, to it the was far, It was just a last pad. second like, oh well, we're running out of time. Put it on net. Oh, right. here we go. It's right. Cool. It was a horrible power play up until oh, the final yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously, I, I have a feeling that won't be the last time we talk about the power play. Here. <laughs> Let's hope there's some some progress there. Um, we talked about it early, the relying on Taves to Brinkett and Kane. It's been an amazing start to those three guys, but like 
that cannot be a recipe for success, relying on three guys to have, you know, 26, 27 points and the rest of the team, you know, chipping in uh, with very few. But that said, it's good to see your top guns are are performing at a high level. Right. That's exactly it. It's, this is the when, – when Stan Bowman and Joel Quinville said at the end of the year last year that they wanted – that they had faith that their top players can bounce back the way that – like they're seeing it right now. So kudos to them. But at the same time, you need to get depth scoring at some point. Like they haven't gotten anything from their bottom pair or from their bottom six. And that is at some point when, you know, the top line is going to go – two, three games without scoring. Everyone's going to say, what's wrong with the top line? And it's nothing's wrong with the top line. You just can't score 80. Jonathan Day and bring it can't score 80 goals in a season. Like, it's unheard of. So you know that production is going to come back down to earth. Water is going to find its level. So you have to, that needs to filter. So that's why, that's the importance of depth scoring in the NHL these days. And that's where, again, Brandon Saad plays in. If he's not going to be on your top two lines, he's got to be one of those guys that's, you know, cleaning up the mess on the third or fourth line. You look at the bottom six, I mean, Outside of Saad, who's in there that you're going to go, oh, yeah, this guy can you know chip in a, a big goal here and there. It's it's slim pickings. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Hayden has – and Camp. I've loved Hayden's good. game so yeah, far. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, he's now in that third-line role. Um, one thing I think we've seen from Fortin playing with Kane and, and comparing it to the Nisimov when he was up there, you need speed with Kane. And it's not fair to him to put – the guys like Artie with Kane, it just, it's, I don't think it's, it's a great fit for Patrick, but, uh, you know, Kunitz is Kunitz. Um, he's, he's taken Saad's place on the second power play unit. So that'll be, he, his ice time is at like 10 minutes a game, but yeah. So they got to get more production from the bottom six. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Any other surprises you guys, before we get to uh, the bold predictions, First two weeks and a uh, interesting schedule coming up here. Any other surprises? Yeah, I will. I will say Dominic Cahoon for sure. Yeah. Like at the risk of being repetitive with Yoki Haru and things like that. Like this guy to me. Like I thought. Like we were at the beginning of the year wondering whether this guy is going to make the roster because he has something in his claws that in his that he could be sent back to Europe if he doesn't make the Blackhawks. And like he's been overshadowed on that top line with Taves and Dabrinkit. But like he's he's done his part. Like he is meshing well with those two. He's an offensive player, and speaking to him is very confident. Uh, I mean, uh, he's on the power play. Like he, he's been, a, he's been a pleasant surprise, and and I think I think we might see him if the Blackhawks ever get to a shootout. Like I think we might see him as that in the conversation as that third or fourth guy to take the shootouts because he's got really nifty hands. He's had he had a great preseason, and he's really just kept that all the way through. He's been consistent, and Quenville loves predictability. He's, he has that knack, too, where he always praises the Brinkett, uh, Q does, where he's always kind of in the right spot at the right time. I think Cahoon has that knack for just knowing where to be on the ice. And that says a lot about the chemistry with him and to Brinkett right off the bat. But um, a lot of guys will say it's easy to play on a line with Jonathan Taves. Offensively, that's not always been the case the last couple of years. But, I mean, that trio right now has just been so solid. All right, let's get to uh, bold predictions time. Um, I'll start. Yeah, your bold oh, prediction came true. Yeah. Within... I, don't, I don't know how bold it was, but like it was like desperate prediction. And <laughs> it was like Yoki Haru on, Yoki the, top Haru on the top pairing, and the next day it was done. So maybe somebody's listening to this podcast. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, my bold prediction will be this. Corey Crawford will return to the crease. He will be uh, better than we expected, Corey. 
not quite all-star level, Corey, but, but really solid, Corey. And they're going to hold on, even though they're reluctant to hold on to three goalies, they'll hold on to Forsberg for two weeks till they get through this seven games in 11 stretch. And they'll make a move, and they'll deal Anton Forsberg. Okay. That's it. It's pretty specific. So I'm going, I'm going the Crawford route, too. I think he's going to flirt with 50 starts this season. Whoa! Yes. Yeah, I don't think they're going to hold him back. I think they're going to see – I don't even think they, they keep Wait, playing. Wait, we're already – how many – we're five in. Five games. Doesn't it he's seem missed like, five games. Like, it he's seems just like ready. He's, he's just he's like, missed, I want He's missed it. five games. In the past, he's usually started in between 55 to 58 starts. He's missed five games. There is no way they're going to get Crawford back in. He's, he's going to be fine. He's going to look fine in the first game. And then, like, I don't think there's going to be reluctance to – obviously the six games in nine days is going to be like, okay, we don't want to give him back-to-backs here. But, like, he, he's gonna, he, might, he might crack 50 starts. Wow. That is yeah. bold. That is bold. Uh, I'm not going to go as bold, but, it's, again, it's with the Crawford theme. I think he does come back. I don't think he'll look bad. I don't think he'll look great, kind of like what you said, Pat. What I think happens is that this now sparks the Hawks' defense, like we kind of touched on earlier. I don't know if it means they're going to be a great six top to bottom with three good pairings. I think this now on them means we've got to control our defensive zone and we've got to be solid in front of Corey to make sure he's not taking 40, 50 shots a night and that he's not giving up any soft goals. or The turnovers, I think, come down, the defensive play improves. I'm going to make one other bold prediction. The new My Teams app is Ooh, going to become yes. one-stop shopping for uh, Blackhawks fans, uh, Bulls fans, Sox fans, Cubs fans, and Bears fans. But we're talking to the Blackhawks fans right now. And Slavko and you, Charlie, and myself, part of a content team yeah. that all contribute to this. Just quickly, give, give the folks at home a, a little smattering of what they're going to see uh, on this new My Teams app, Slavko. There's, uh, there's going to be tons of Hawks content all day long. We'll have all the podcasts, all of Charlie's, ar- Charlie's articles, uh, tons of videos. Basically, after every morning skate, we'll have a couple different videos on the app. Um, you'll be able to live stream the games right there as soon as the game is live. If you open up the My Teams app, the game pops up. We'll and, have and pre-game can, and post-game. With the live stream, you can watch the live stream and interact on social Absolutely. media, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Um, That'll be cool. There, the app is actually like really, really good. I'm really looking forward to uh, to working on it more. Um, even today with the debut, we've got some stuff on Crawford. Today is Joel Quenville's 10th anniversary. Yeah, you've got something coach. on that, which yeah. I, I swear I'll post right after we get. I think Tony's already on top. Of <laughs> is it. We're he? Good. Right. Yeah, and Scotty C's already pumped out the video. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot we've of got... cool. Like you do a lot of history stuff on yeah. this date. Yeah, uh, we crank out like. When it's Duncan's 1,000th game, right. we've got Johnny's 300th uh, uh, goal on the horizon. Oh, uh, yeah, 297 uh, podcasts and things. Yeah, we. we so there's we something there. All. Like for example, yesterday you're at work, we're at the morning skate. The mannequins are out there. Slavko puts. <laughs> oh, out. what I mean, do you know? Mannequin video, right? Mannequin on that video. You know, app. so like you know, you quickly check in when you're at work. You find out Saad's been. Uh, demoted to probably being a healthy scratch. You find out they got the mannequins out there, and Corey's still on track. Boom, you go right back to your work day, and you move on. Later in the day, Charlie has something up there. I'll have something up there, whatever. So one-stop shopping at at the new uh, My Teams app. I will say it's all of the content you're going to see on there is fresh. Like, it's going to be – 
we're going to be cranking things out every, you know, we're going to try. It's like every couple hours, All like day, whether every day. it's videos, articles, podcasts, things like that. So that's going to be, like you guys said, your one-stop shop. And also, don't forget to... Um, well, also, I was going to say rate this podcast and write us a review, like always. <laughs> but also, go rate the app and tell us what you think. Write a review. Yeah, give us feedback. Yeah, because we would, we would obviously appreciate the feedback. This, our, our last app was uh, a work in progress. Yes. And uh, it's finally like the rolled Hodge out. Power Play. <laughs> we We've completely revamped This it. app is not the power yes. kill. It is not the kill yes. app. So, so go tell us what you think. in the app store under my teams. Check it out. Great stuff from Charlie Romeliotis, Slavko Bekovic. I'm Pat Boyle. Thank you for listening to the Hawks Talk Podcast, brought to you by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. We'll have the Hawks and the Arizona Coyotes coming your way Thursday night, NBC Sports Chicago. Pre-game begins at 7 o'clock. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.